God made you to be, have a happy, fulfilled, wonderful life. This is your default. This is who you are. Everything negative has been tacked onto you. Everything that's depressing, sad, bitter, uh, addictive, that's not you. It's what's been added onto you. And once you detox, Jesus came to detox our life. Last week we had communion, and that's what that's about. Us receiving Jesus, his blood, his body into us so that he could detox us and change us and transform us. So I want us to, if you have your Bible with you, I'm going to talk today about detoxing your life from inadequacy. Now, that doesn't sound like a, a, a toxin, but it really is. It, actually, psychologists call it the fear of inadequacy. It's not just fear. It's the fear of not being enough or not being good enough. Let's read Philippians 4.13. You know this scripture. It says, this is the Passion Version. I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Father, in Jesus' name, cause your people to detox by the power of your word and the power of your spirit and the power of your blood. Let them be transformed today, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Well, we found, we've been finding that the, the, Jesus taught, it is not what is around you, not even what you eat or drink that causes you to be toxic, but it's the way you think that affects your body. And we found, we, we've talked about it many times, but uh, 75 to 95% of all illnesses are the effect of your mind on your body, says the American Medical Association. So how you think is something that's in your control. Now, I can't control how you think, but you can. It is your body that responds to the way you think. In other words, you, you are better off avoiding certain thoughts than avoiding certain foods or certain habits. It's the habits of thought that in the end kill people. And that's why they have all kinds of cancers and all kinds of issues, all kinds of problems with their body because they don't understand they have the power to change their mind. Now think of it this way. There's a mind. You have a mind. This is your ability to choose. God gave you this. This is you. You could call it your soul. It affects your brain. Your brain is a computer that tells your body what to do. And some people think your brain is your mind, and it's not. The Bible teaches us that you can renew your mind. In other words, if you will start thinking right, you'll affect the way your brain is operating, and it will tell your body how to act. Now, that's a fact. That's how it works. That's not just me. That's just science. That's not preacher talk. That's just science. That if you would think right, your brain will tell your body exactly how to act. And we read it a few weeks ago from a study. It says that, a person's thinking can actually change the shape of their DNA. I'm not going to read it all again, but you remember that, right? You can, you can say, my DNA is the strongest thing. I, I'm the way I am because of my DNA. Did you know thoughts that you think become your DNA? And when you pass on, if you don't conquer those negative, bad, depressing, horrible thought habits, your kids are going to get them in DNA form, and they're going to be struggling with the same thing you didn't conquer. 
That's an amazing thought, right? So when you, the thinking is not just something invisible, it actually becomes a protein in your body. So when you think negative, horrible things, your body begins to re- release poison and begin to react. So when you're tired and worn out, it's not because the work that you've done or even the lack of sleep, it's usually because you've got toxins in your thinking. And this is something you don't even have to take medicine for, right? You can't, you can't change the way you think by taking medicine. I don't care how much medicine they give you, it will never change the real problem. The real problem is thinking the way you think. You Many of you think the way your parents thought, and they were miserable, and you're starting to think like them. Have you ever heard yourself say something your mama said? You're like, hey, wait, that sounded like mom just then. Mom? Right? <laughs> I do too sometimes. Come up with those. Like, I thought I'd never say that, but it's my mom in me. Right? So it's important that we not just listen to God's word and say, well, that's nice, but that we let it transform the way we think so that our body can enjoy the benefits of long and healthy life. They are connected. They are connected. Your energy, your health, your welfare, the biggest part of that is the way you think. And you have control over that because God gave you a spirit, and his spirit is encouraging you to renew that mind, to begin to think like you were born to think. Are you with me? Now, I want to talk about inadequacy today. I went to a, I went to a, uh, all kind, my dad was a principal, so I was at Springfield, which is a tremendous high school. I don't even want to call it a high school. I want to call it an institution of higher learning. The Bulldogs of Springfield. Yes. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. So I was there. My dad was a principal for a while. And then uh, my dad got an offer to be the principal at, um, Clinton High School, which was an all-black high school till I got there. <laughs> and so if you wonder why sometimes, hey, man, he seems like he's got soul, because I was, uh, I was just in the world of soul. I played in the band, and our band did the robot at halftime. I still can't do it. <laughs> but, but, you know, it was, uh, it was actually really fun because we called outside the lines, you know. And I enjoyed being at uh, Clinton High School, was where I went to school. So I had a crazy idea one day that they, they were asking who wants to play football. And I thought, well, I want to play football. So I usually was in the band, but I decided to take off my band robes and put on a football uniform. And, and of course, one of the first things they do at, at spring training is they want to test how fast you are. Well, I already knew I was eight seconds in the 50-yard dash, which is not fast. This is a very white statistic. Like, I was already feeling inadequate because, like, I'm with a football, you know, uniform with, with like, these, these guys, super athletic guys all around me. And then I already knew what my, my time was. And then they, they put someone next to you to kind of push you along, and then they, the guy's got the timer. You know, that's a bad situation. If you're feeling inadequate, there's no way. There's, you can't say, oh, he's kind of fast. They're going to know exactly. Because the guy at the end hollers out, seven seconds. Five, four, and the guy at the end, one guy with a notebook is writing it down while the guy at the end is, is clicking you. So this is an exposing moment. Like, you, you know, everybody knows I'm, I'm slow now. I'm going to be the slowest guy in the entire high school, and I'm the only white guy, which is on top of it super bad. So I, I get ready to, to, uh, to run, but I'm game, you know, like young people are. I'm game. So uh, he, he, he says, go, and when he does... I start running, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking too hard, and I find that my knees are going too high. 
I mean, I've already planned. I'm going to be like, this is the fastest time ever, but it backfired because I panicked, and now my knees are going too high. And then I realized the other guys were leaving me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. What can I do? What can I do? And I thought, the only thing I can do right now is fall down on purpose and pretend like something tripped me up. So I went, oh, hey. And I thought it was, I'd get another chance because I wanted a chance without my knees going so high, you know. So I thought, you know what? So I'm rolling around on the ground, and I realized the race is still gone. They're still timing me. So I said, oh, man, that didn't work. So I got back up, and I, and I rammed it into the race, and the guy clicked my time. You know what he said? He said, eight seconds. I was at my world record time, including a fall. <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't make the football team. I was having to go get my saxophone, humbly playing the band after that. <laughs> but I thought how many people do that in life. They don't think they're adequate, so they think of a way to quit so they won't be defeated. They think of a way to quit so it won't look so bad on them, so they don't try for big things. They don't fight for great, fight, try for great things. They don't go to college. They don't try hard. They don't start a business. How many things don't they do because secretly inside they feel like they don't have it? And rather than to be humiliated in front of everybody, they decide to take a fall, whether it's drugs or whether it's some other thing that they do. They decide to take a fall and say, well, it really wasn't my fault. It was that thing that happened. And some people even let bad things happen to them become their excuse for not trying. Well, if it wouldn't have been for that divorce, it wouldn't have been for, hey, if you're looking for a reason to bail out because you feel inadequate, life's about to give you one. But God wants to give you a a reason to conquer. And that is a toxic thought that says, I can't do it. The scripture I read was in the Passion Version, but you might know it this way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it with me. I can. Now, look, every time you find yourself saying, I can't, you're contradicting Jesus. Because God said, you can't. Say, I can. I can do all things. So this is the, this is the format of God. And when you step out of the format of God and start saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, this is toxic thinking. You're starting to limit yourself with your own words and with your own thoughts. Somebody said, I can't because I'm too old. And your body just heard you say that. Can't because I'm too old. And then it was like, all functions begin to shut down. He said he can't. Things start hanging, dropping down, sagging. Hair starts falling out. <laughs> hey, your body, hey, your body, you're like, what's, you're looking at me, like, what's going on with me? And then your body says, back to you, you're the one who said it. You're the one who said you couldn't do it. You're the one who said that you were done. You're the one that keeps saying you're old and you can't. You're the one that keeps thinking those thoughts and falling down in the middle of your race. God called you to conquer. I love that, you know, a lot of motivational people say this. A lot of coaches say this. It's a football time of year. They always say, you know, play four quarters, right? Like 60 minutes, right? But a better way they say it, every Christian put this, first of all, Christians don't retire. You might get some kind of promotion, 
from full-time work at the plant to full-time work in the ministry, but you're going to be full-time for Jesus until you die. There is going to be no retirement. There's going to be refirement. There's going to be another opportunity, but there's going to be no sitting by the bank. You know, look, that's called dying. All the older people are like, I just don't receive it. Well, you need to receive it. Sitting by the bank, looking at the water, fishing, it means dying. You gave up. You know, truthfully, uh, like my mom retired at 80. She died at 80. Because the minute she felt like she wasn't needed anymore, whatever that life force was in her, said, okay, that's it. She started saying that's it. I'm not sure how long she would have lived if she hadn't retired. And I was the one who told her, mom, you need to retire. I wish I hadn't told her that now. But she was doing fine until she retired. Because people need that spark of I can in their life. That I can conquer. It's not over. You're not finished. Look, you can do more. I don't care how old you are. You can do more in the next five years than you did your whole life. And I see people, kids bailing out at 16 and and 20 and 21 or 30 after something bad happens. I just don't know. Why are you kidding? Man, you can change the world. The best, look and tell somebody, the best for your life is about to come. And listen, anything, anything that says less than that is toxic. It's poison that will kill you. Anything that says less than I can be great for God. I can conquer for God. I can do whatever God says I can do. I can, I can, I can. Say it with me. Say I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now. I love this. I got it from a TV preacher you all know, but I love it. It's, I'm not exactly like he says it, but it's become something I just made my own. Come on, lift your hand and say, I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I have what he says I have. All right, this is the way he does it. Say, say uh, I don't know if you have your iPhone lifted up and say, this is God's word. We used to have Bibles. This is God's word. Say, I have what it says I have. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Life is always trying to give you a reason to be inadequate to tell you you can't do it. But God always has another message for you. Let me read a confession from a psychologist. This is a, I won't tell you his name because I don't want to shame him, but this is what he said. But I thought you could relate to it. He said, I've also accumulated a lot of buoys to keep my spirits up. Friends who affirm me. Role models by association make me feel like a winner. Accomplishments that convince me of my worth. Things to tell people I do with my day so they'll be impressed. I like to float near others who I can hold underwater. People I don't respect about whom I can say, well, at least I'm not like them. Standing on their heads, I can usually prevent that sinking feeling, the fear that after all, it's turned out I'm inadequate. This is a guy who helps people for a living, by the way. But how many people secretly have engineered their life in a way to avoid that feeling of maybe I'm not good enough? Maybe I don't have it. I see other people have it, and maybe I don't have it. They say that social media 
can be bad for your mental health. I'm on it, so we, we might all have to get off. I don't know. But they, let me just read what, what it says. It says, uh, previous studies have suggested that young people who spend more than two hours a day on social networking sites are more likely to report psychological distress. Seeing, listen, now here's where it gets us off. Seeing friends constantly on holiday or enjoying nights out can make young people feel like they are missing out while others are enjoying life. The hashtag status of mind report states, these feelings can promote a compare and despair attitude. Please don't post your pictures on your trip to Hawaii. Just don't do it. Everybody's gonna say, oh, you're looking like, no, they hate you. You think they, you think, oh, then you look good, you look good, girl. They're like, she shouldn't have wore that bathing suit. She shouldn't have wore that bathing suit. Because why? They're mad that you're in Hawaii, they're in Springfield. They're in Ponchatoula. They're working nights for the next two weeks, and you're in Hawaii. And please, if you have two vacations, please don't post that unless you want everybody to hate you then. Here's a, here's a trick. If you're on vacation and you finally lost the weight and you're looking good, do not post it. Just keep that to yourself. Take the pictures and put them in your picture photo photo, uh, file, and just you look at them. You and your wife look at them. Don't make the rest of us look at it because it's really going to be bad. (laughs) Social media, this is what it says. Social media posts can also set unrealistic expectations and create feelings of inadequacy and low self-esteem, the authors wrote. This may explain why Instagram, this is what my wife's on, I'm only on Facebook. Mine's so much better than hers. This may explain why Instagram, where personal photos take center stage, received worse scores for body image and anxiety. We don't want to see you at the gym. We do not want to see you. We don't want to see you when you got out of the tanning bed. We do not want to see all that, especially if we went to school with you and you look better than us. We do not need to see that. Now, if you're struggling, post that picture. (laughs) You having really difficulties? Post that one because this makes us feel a little bit better. (laughs) As one survey respondent wrote, Instagram easily makes girls and women feel as if their bodies aren't good enough as people add filters and edit their picture. Hold right there. That's another thing. Can I just stop for a second? Some of y'all don't even look like yourself on that Facebook picture. I don't know what you did. You carved off some paint. I don't know what you did. Some weight. You you dotted something. You moved your eyebrows. I don't know what you did. But when I see you real, you don't look anything like the Facebook you. That's all. And some people you can't even recognize it. You see their picture, like that's not her. That's her daughter, right? No, that's her. (laughs) She got some kind of program. She ran herself through a computer, and she came out looking like that. <laughs> As people have filters and edit their pictures in order to, for them to look perfect. Now, listen, it's funny, but it's true. Inadequacy is the toxin of our culture. 
always looking like somebody's got a better car, a better house, a better life than you have, can constantly make people feel weighed down and overwhelmed with why am I stuck with this life, with this body, with this face, with this job, this husband, with this wife, with these kids. Why am I stuck here? I must be less than everybody else. Now, I want you to note this. Everything that causes negative stress causes sickness in the end. Everything that's causing negative stress in your life, like this, at the end, causes sickness. Now, Gideon gives us the picture of this uh, uh, detoxing from an addict. Gideon is a young guy, and he's been raised under um, oppression. And we're going to get a couple of things from his life before we go. God begins to detox him. So if you have your Bible, look at Judges, the 6th chapter, the 11th verse, and through the 14th verse. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was an Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Midianite. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now that's how he begins. Now, I don't want to give you too much background. Most of you have read this story, but if not, go read the whole thing. It's a super cool story. But here he is, Gideon is hiding in a wine press. Wine presses are for pressing grapes, and there's kind of a shelter that's uh, got a little uh, groove in it. So when you crush the, the grapes, the juice runs out. That's what a wine press is. So he's hiding there threshing wheat, which is what they do to remove the chaff from the wheat. So they throw it up. And the, what the light chaff stuff, the wind would blow it away, and the wheat would fall to the ground. So you get the idea, he's just trying to make a sandwich. He's hiding in the thing, just trying to get some wheat going. Why? Because the Midianites have humiliated the Israelites uh, uh, in, their, in whatever they've tried to do, they would humiliate them. If they planted a crop, the Midianites would just wait, and when the crop came up, they would come and just steal the crop. If they were raising animals and they finally got the animals healthy, the Midianites would come in and, and take those animals. So it was constant. Have you ever felt like that? Constant frustration. You're just getting something going, just getting knocked down. You just got the car running, the other car broke down. Right? You got one kid going good, then the other kid starts going bad. Like, what the heck is going on? Have you ever felt like that in life? Like, it's just like, now listen, life is dealing you the opportunity to feel inadequate. Life is giving you the opportunity. Life is giving you the circumstances that are going to tell you you didn't raise your kids right. You didn't do the right thing. You're not the right thing. Basically, you're not enough. And so Gideon is the picture of that because he's a young guy, but he's already defeated, and his circumstances have already begun to identify him. Tell someone next to you, don't allow your circumstances Stances to identify you. One of the great mistakes in life is to look around your life and say, this is me. You are not your circumstances. You are greater than your circumstances. You're greater than what you're going through. You're greater than what's been handed to you. You can rise up and you can be something great. Come on, put your hand in your belly and say, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. So what is it inside of you is greater than your circumstance? I don't care what your circumstance is. There's something inside of you that's greater than that. 
Never identify with failure. Never identify with struggle. Never identify with bad things that are happening to you and you start feeling like, well, you know what? I guess I deserved it. I didn't do it right. Never think that way. Look, bad things come, but they only come to teach you how to overcome. I said bad things come, but they're only coming to your life to teach you how to overcome. This is just an opportunity. This is just spring training. When something comes up, you say, this is nothing for me. The power of God is going to come upon my life, and I'm going to overcome this thing. You ought to give God a shout if you believe that. Do you believe it? Now, I'm going to give you six revelations that will detox inadequacy from your life, from the story of Gideon. The first one is this, and I'm not give six today. I'm going to give three because, you know, I got to get used to getting out early because, you know, the saints will be playing. I know y'all are spiritual, but you're not spiritual that much. Like, you'll be spiritual up to like 1250. They're just like, I just don't feel God. I feel like the anointing just left the room. No, the anointing left you. It just didn't leave the room. But because I'm a merciful pastor, I'm going to get you out. Of, I'm going to start practicing on getting you out early so that you can be home for the game. Somebody said amen. <laughs> so I'm going to give you three revelations, and you'll just have to muddle through till next week, okay? Number one, the Lord is with you. A revelation, the Lord is with you. If the Lord is with you, you are not inadequate. Now, this angel is not giving Gideon a greeting like, the Lord is with you, brother, which is a nice greeting, but that's not what's happening here. He says this first powerful prophetic revelation, it's a fact, the Lord is with you. Now, how many Christians, they don't feel like they've been good enough for God to be with them. They feel like God's got the switch, and he's about to pop them, and that whatever happens, they probably deserve it. They feel like they're about to get what's coming to them, and God is the big... Uh, you know, accountant in the sky who's taking account of all the things you said and did wrong so that therefore, whatever bad, that God can always remind you, well, you know, you deserve that. Now, how many of you know and you believe it that Jesus on the cross took what you deserved? Say it with me. Say, he received what I deserved. You know why Jesus received what you deserved? You know why? so that you could receive what he deserved. Now, you need to let that sink in for a second. Unfortunately, for your logic, you're going to have to set that aside for a second because grace doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Why would he take what I deserved? Because I needed what he deserved. Are you with me? He paid the cost for what I did so I could get the blessing for what he did. Now, if you don't believe that, then you're going to feel inadequate because even you're just going to even feel like God's against you because I don't know anybody in here who's walking this thing out perfect. You know anybody like that? So if you're waiting to be happy till you get it all right, you ain't never going to be happy. If you're waiting to expect blessings till you get everything in your life right, well, you're never going to get blessed. What about this? What about stepping over and say, look, I don't know why, but he received what I deserve so I can receive what he deserves. God is with me. Look at somebody say, God is with me. See, 
God is with you if you believe God is with you. Now, Gideon doesn't believe that. We'll talk about it in a second, but I want you to see it in this one phrase. What does the Bible say in, in Romans 8? If God be for us, I said, if God be for us, say it like you mean it. If God be for us, put some who on it. Who can be against? If God be for us, who can be against us? In other words, God's saying, don't you worry about it. You got it. If God's for you, you're going to win in every situation. You're going to conquer. You're going to overcome in every situation that's handed to you. Why? God is with you. God is with you. Now, see, this is easy for God to say, but less easy for you to believe. Gideon doesn't believe it, but it is the detox. You got to get in your mind. Even with your weaknesses and your goof-ups and the, you don't read as much as you should, you don't pray as much as you should, you don't do this and that, you shouldn't do this and that, but you, sometimes you make mistakes, somehow it leaves this cloud that, you know what, you're getting what you deserved. Is anybody happy you don't get what you deserve? Because of Jesus, you don't get what you deserve. He took what you deserve so you can get what he deserved. You know, some people, they're like the super spiritual Christians. They're so spiritual. They're more spiritual than God. And it's like, it's like your dad sent you to summer camp and, 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 and the dad, you know, went to the registration office and said, look, I want, I'm signing my son up for everything. I'm paying for everything. I want him to have the best food, et cetera, et cetera. And the first day you go to the cafeteria, they got two lines. They got the hot dog line, the steak line. And you're like, I'm going the hot dog line. And you're like, yeah, but your dad paid for this. It doesn't matter. I still believe I deserve the hot dog line. And they're like, listen, your dad paid for filet mignon every day. So what? I still feel like I just need a, I'm a hot dog kind of guy. And it might seem humble to you, but it's in God's eyes. It's stupid. Why would you not accept what he paid for? You have to say, you know what? I don't understand it, but Jesus paid for it. I don't get what I deserve. I get what he deserved. It wasn't my goodness that brought the grace of God on my life. It was his goodness. And in the Bible says it's the grace of God that changes us. It's the grace of God that, that, that transforms us. It makes us change those things that we don't like in our lives. It's not guilt or shame. you got to understand that you're adequate because God is with you. Tell somebody. Touch them on the shoulder. God is with you. God is with you. Man, what a feeling. You know, you've had times, God, some of you think, well, God is always with me. Listen, don't reduce what I'm saying to something small. God is with you. If you believe God is with you, you're always more than enough. You always have more than enough. I don't care what you're going through. If you believe God, look and tell somebody next to you, say, God is with you. God is with you. See, whatever it is you're going through is just another step along the way. God's not trying to prove to you he's not for you. He's trying to get you to enter into that thing and overcome that, that thing that's in front of you. If you've got a subtle feeling that what you're going through is because God is punishing you, well, then guess what? You're going to get punished just about every day of your life. Get ready. And when you decide, wait a second, this is not God punishing me. This is God not God teaching me. This is God giving me an opportunity to conquer. This is God giving me an opportunity to rise above this thing. God is with me. God is not against me. God is for me. 
Brother John is here today. John Hayden's here. He's overcoming. He's conquering. And some people will go up to Christians. I mean, Christians, you know, Christians, you know what I'm saying? Christians will go up and say, well, brother, I believe you're going through what you're going through because, you know, some sin in your life. And look, that's just so foolish. That's like they live in the Old Testament and they call themselves a Christian. The Old Testament, you, got, you had to pay for the things that you did. You just, you had kind of like, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for the tooth. If you did something wrong, you had to pay the price. That was the Old New Testament is I released my faith and I get what Jesus deserved. So you don't get something like that because God's punishing you. You walk through those things because God's raising you up to be a great testimony. That's what's happening for you, right? Wave your hand. Am I right? That's right. You're going, you're going through what you're going through God, because God's making you a great testimony. You say, well, what about my kids and this and that? Listen, you're walking through what you're walking through because God's making you a great testimony. Come on, just lift your hands and detox for a minute. Come on, look, the Lord is with you. Now tear down every lie from the enemy. God always wanted to be with you. That's why he sent Jesus, to take everything out of the way. That consciousness of your inadequacy, God removes it today by the blood of Jesus. Come on, with your hands raised. While you're just raised your hands, say it with me. Say, by the blood of Jesus, I've been delivered from all the power of the enemy. Come on, by the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. As I walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing me from all sin. By the blood of Jesus, I've been justified. When he looks at me, it's just as if I'd never sinned. By the blood of Jesus, I've been sanctified and set apart for my divine purpose. If you believe that, give the Lord a great shout, everybody. (laughs) Number two, you are a mighty man of valor. Ah, or woman, put it in there. He meets Gideon, who is really just a, a kid that's in a poor family and a poor nation, been ripped off his whole life. And God looks at him and says, you mighty man of valor. If you have a husband here, look at him and just, women, just look at him and say, you are a mighty man of valor. You got to put that look on your face. Look, you just a mighty man of valor. <laughs> if you were to make your husband feel right, just say, I don't know, but you just a mighty you were just a mighty man of valor. <laughs> Diane, I didn't hear you saying it, sweetheart. I, I saw everybody else saying it to their husband, but she was, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but you know what? If you're a woman, you're a mighty woman of valor. Now, we, there's a lot to unpack here. Here's a detox. God said you're more than you think you are. Listen, Cameron, you're more than you think you are. You're more than your experiences. You're more than your weakness. You're more than what you've been going through. You're more than those things that you know about yourself right now. You are a mighty man of valor. Listen. These two things are easy for God to believe, hard for us to believe. 
But this becomes a revelation that detoxes you. Let me tell you something. You've got to choose to believe what God says about you. More than what you're going through. More than how you feel. More than how you act. You've got to say, I don't know, but God said I'm a mighty man of valor. I must be what God says. I'm just going to agree with God. And it's not easy when God tells you something about yourself that's totally opposite than you're experiencing at the time. Now, listen to me. God lives in the future in respect to you. Get that that sink in. God lives in the future in respect to you. In other words, when it comes to you, he is not living in your present weakness. He's living in your future glory. He sees you how you're going to be. He sees the ending. He sees how this thing's going to come out. He doesn't care what you might be going through right now. He's going to call those things that are not as though they are. He's going to call the end from the beginning. He's going to call you what you're going to become. Gideon's none of that stuff, but he ends up that way, doesn't he? He ends, up a mighty, he ends up with crowds cheering and saying, Gideon, Gideon, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. He's now, he's just, he, right now, he's just doing wheat. <laughs> he's just trying to make a sandwich. He's just trying to survive. He's a zero. He's a nobody. But God said, you're a mighty man of valor. I've, valor. I've already seen how this thing ends. I've already seen the end of this deal. And at the end of the day, you're going to be what I say you are. The beginning of detoxing is beginning to say, you know what? I am not what I think I am. I'm what God says I am. Come on. Look at somebody. I'd like for you to preach to each other, especially if you're married. Preach, say, I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. Try it again. If you're sitting next to your mom, help her out. Say, you're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. I don't know. I think we need to rap that, don't you? I'm a rapper. Say, I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. I'm Come on. I'm somewhere in the future. And I look much better than I look right now. Come on, give God a hand, everybody. <laughs> All the black people saying white people can't rap. They shouldn't even call that rap. That ain't even rap. Whatever that is, that ain't rap. Don't even rhyme, really. <laughs> hey, let us try. We can do all things through Christ. <laughs> we can't learn until we just start trying. <laughs> but it's still true. I'm somewhere in the future. Look, don't be so stuck on where you are. God is not being honest about you. God's being prophetic about you. God's not going to tell you how it is. God's going to tell you how it's about to become. God's going to tell you where you're going. He's not going to tell you where you were. He's not interested in what you did. He's going to talk about what you're about to do and about where you're going. you got to detox. I don't like, stop, stop being sad about where you are and what you're going through. And who you are, mistakes you made. Forget about it. It's easy for you to say. No, it's not easy for me to say. I had to detox to get there. Religion will always remind you of your past. The devil will always tell you about what you did. God is always going to talk about what you're about to do and what you're going to become. 
Man, we, we just have in church today, aren't we? God must change the way you see yourself. Now listen, see, when you, you just got to get settled. See, Gideon is having this transformation because he's going from being a person without purpose and coming into being a person of great purpose. Your adequacy is saying yes to God's purpose. Everybody outside of God's purpose is inadequate. You are made adequate for God's purpose. When you step into, I was born for a great divine purpose. And then when you step into that, you find you're adequate. You step out of that, you find there's no grace on you. You step into your purpose, you find the grace. As long as you're running from the purpose of God, you'll never feel adequate. Like that psychologist, I just read him. Like this guy's got the education, he's got the esteem. People tell him he's great all the time, but he's always feeling inadequate because he's not in the purpose of God. Only those who are in the purpose of God have found that we are adequate in the strength of Jesus. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'll give you the third one, we're going to close. Gideon said to him, listen to this. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Uh Uh-uh. Well, here we're getting down to it, aren't we? Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us. See, some people, they hear what God is saying and they get cynical. and they, they, They think they know more than what God says. That's their problem. That's their toxin. That's the poison You think you know more about your life than God does. You think that your version of the story is more true than God's version of the story. That's the toxin. That's the poison. You think you're the one who gets to decide about your life and how it is and what it is. That what God says to you is not that God just told you, I'm with you. And he says, you're not. You're not. I'll tell you what, here's my argument. Hey, the panic came in right on time. It was like a heavenly piano. Because <laughs> <Boom. laughs> this is see, every Sunday morning comes down to this. I get to tell you what God says, and you get to decide if you believe it. Well, He can't be that. He is that good. You can sing God is good, but it's different to sing it than to believe it. And somehow God is able to say. I'm with you. I'm still with you. Yeah, but look. Listen listen to the story. Why? This is a big word for some people. This is what's got them blocked off from God. Why did that happen? Come on, tell the truth. If that happened, why did that happen to my kids? Why did that happen to my friends? Why did that happen to, I know a lot of good people that tried to do this and that. And look what happened. See, they've got an argument against God. And they've got a big shield, say, don't tell me anything. I'm trying to be good, but I ain't accepting all that about you're with me and all that because I I had enough. That's the sound of pain. That's the sound of disappointment. That's the sound of hurt, and in the end, it will kill you. Those words don't come to you to comfort you. They come to you to poison you, to poison your future, to poison your health, to poison your potential. To poison your life. All that says, yeah, God says that, but you know, it's not really that true. And where are his miracles? I prayed, didn't get the miracle. Where are his miracles? We asked God, and our fathers told us, and did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us. 
delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. And here's, see, some people on the, on the outside, they're clapping. On the inside, they're like, I'm not even believing that again. I wanted to believe that, but after what I've been through, I just, I just want to eat a sandwich and die. That's toxic. And today, God wants to bring you out. Let me give you this last point, and we're going to pray. God's word trumps your reality. Here's a revelation. You got to let God's word trumps your reality. God's word trumps your reality. Well, God said, I'm free, but I'm still struggling. God's word trumps your reality. Have you ever been playing cards and you know you got that trump? That doesn't knock anything out? Come on, here's a trump. Say, say it with me. Say, and we know all things are working together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. So you just throw down the trumps. I don't care what happens. It's working for me. I don't care what I went through. I don't even care if I made the mistake. It's working for me. God promised me. I don't care. I'm, see, it's important that you take down those arguments in your mind that says, I just can't believe that God's going to do something great with my life. Look at what I've been through. Listen, either that's going to be something you overcome or they're going to write that on your tombstone. Make your mind up. Make your mind up. It's going to be just something you overcome. Say, I don't care. I'm always going to believe what God says. You're going to be one of those optimistic people who says, get that toxin out of me. God is still for me. God is still with me. God's still going to do what he said he would do in my life. He's, I still am who God says I am. I still have what God says I have. I can still do what God says I can do. Either you're going to say that or they're going to write it on your tombstone. Why? Today, you're going to cast down the why because you don't really have a past. All you have is a future. You can't change your past, but your past can change you. I like God didn't make any arguments with him. God just said, I'm the one talking to you. If you keep reading, he said, why did this happen? And why did this happen? And God said, hey. I'm the one talking to you, ain't I? Right now, forget about all that you went through and open your eyes and open your ears to this moment. I don't care what the last 10 years were like. You're about to enter into the best 10 years of your life. You're about to enter into another dimension of your life. You're about to turn a page. You're about to leave that defeat and you're about to go into victory. And this is the moment. Oh, y'all listen to what I'm saying. See, Gideon had a moment. This might be your moment. Gideon had a moment where God said, okay, that trash is over. Everything begins. You're about to step into something new right now. This is the day you're stepping into something new. If you can today reach out your faith and say, you know what? I'm leaving that negative, whiny stuff behind. I'm going to give up feeling sorry that I'm not good enough. I'm going to get give up criticizing myself and my life and God and I'm going to believe what he says about my life would you stand up with me Jesus I want you to can you we're going to do an altar call song sing it with me don't play that key yet come back to me a minute hold right there follow me here sing this song with me all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday's gone. 
All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by his blood. It's real easy. Come on, sing with me. All my hope is in Jesus. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God. Thank God my yesterday is gone. All my sins are forgiven. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by his blood. I've been washed by his blood. Now join hands with somebody. Sing with me like you mean it. All my hope. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God. Thank God my yesterday is gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed. I've been washed by his blood. Come on, Eddie, play it with me. Oh. All my hope, all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God. Thank God my yesterday is gone. All my sins, all my sins are forgiven. I've been washed. I've been washed by his blood. Now, come on, lift your hands to Jesus one more time. All my hope, all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God. Thank my yesterday is gone. All my sins, all my sins are forgiven. I've been washed. I've been washed by his blood. One more time. Come on, see it again. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God. Thank God my yesterday is gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by his blood. And with your hands lifted, say, make a confession with me, say, thank you, Jesus. At the cross, you absorbed all of my weaknesses. And you are turning my greatest weaknesses into my greatest strengths. And I confess what you say. You received the debt and the penalty for what I did so that I could receive the blessing and the grace and the favor for what you did. Today, I receive the fact and the revelation. God is with me. And if God is with me, who can be against me? Today, I believe what you say about me. I declare I'm somewhere in the future.
And I look much better than I look right now. I believe I'm more than I think I am. I can do more than I think I can. I declare that your hand is on my life. And Lord Jesus, today I choose your word over my past. Your word over my circumstances. Your word, your promise, your prophecy over what I've been through. Now today, in the name of Jesus, I speak to my past and say the blood of Jesus has removed you. Get out of my mind. Get out of my heart. Get out of my soul. You've been obliterated by the blood of Jesus. You've been removed. My past is removed by the blood of Jesus. Come on, say it. We say right now, I am right with God. And I declare this is the first day of my conquest. I receive the grace to finish this race. I receive the breath of God. I receive the strength of God. I receive the purpose of God. I receive the call of God. I receive the grace of Jesus is overcoming my life. Come on, say a prayer. Say, Lord, take this life. Use me. I have what you say I have. I am who you say I am. I can do what you say I can do. Come on, prophesy. I declare all the limits, all the sadness, and all the failure has been removed from my life. Removed from my emotions. Removed from my thinking. Now, Lord, I declare I don't have a past. All I have is a future. And I declare Jesus Christ is the Lord of my future. And I trust Him. I receive strength. I receive healing. I receive energy right now. Everybody in the room say, I receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. Now, Holy Spirit, lay the axe to every unfruitful tree in my life, every negative thought, any habit from the past. Holy Spirit, let the axe of the Holy Spirit remove what needs to be removed. Lord, I receive. Come on, lift your hand. Come on, right now, just the grace of God comes on your life. The grace of God comes on your life. The grace of God. The grace of God. Come on, come on, come on. Yes, we're taking a deep breath. God is not angry with you. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. God has not had it with you. God's a plan in your future. God's planning every step, and he has the grace to bring you into his future. Come on, let's just worship. Worship him. Come on, let's just worship. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God, my yes, the day is gone. All my 
sins. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by his blood. Sing it twice that loud. One more time. All my hope, all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God. Thank God my yesterday is gone. All my sins, all my sins are forgiven. I've been washed. I've been washed by his blood. Father, in Jesus' name, let your people, as they received you, Jesus, let the power of the Holy Spirit come into their life. Make them lights in a dark world. Lift every burden from their life. Remove every sickness. Detox every wrong thought from their life. Let every day be full of joy, full of peace. Let every day be full of victory. Let them grow from glory to glory, faith to faith, victory to victory. Show yourself strong in their family, strong in their finances, strong in their marriage, strong in their life. Let the glory of the Lord come upon them let your face shine upon them this week and be merciful to them Lord and give them peace in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said come on give the Lord a shout if you believe it say yeah God bless you have a great day